0: welcome aboard the battleship pretension i am tyler smith i'm david back and thank you for listening
1: david yes how you doing uh, i'm not sure if you can tell if the listeners can tell i feel like i'm all stuffed up there's a husk to yeah. your voice i would say yeah i've been trying to shake this cold all week mm-hmm. um so i apologize in advance if i sound gross uh but of course i'm also uh you know the there's still uh, uh weeks to go in the awards season yeah but i'm also upset at finally being right about something in the because I'm I've, I'm always like notoriously bad at predicting no. awards, but on a recent Patreon episode, right, I told you that I thought uh, 1917 had a good chance of, of winning Best Picture, and uh, based on it showing at the Golden Globes, I feel like I might be a little bit more right. Yeah, or I, I might be a little bit more of a chance than I'm that I was right. I think just because it's. <coughs> I think it's possible,
0: you know, not merely because of our draft, but because of just you and me and who we are and the things that interest us. I think it's possible to get so in the weeds with like critics awards and that sort of thing that you kind of, you know, when, when green book starts winning major industry, things like what on earth is going on here? Nothing predicted this. And it's like, well, it's just a different, it's different groups. Yeah. But in the case of something like 1917, it has. It's coming out so. It has come out so late. Mm-hmm. And granted, you know, I mean, you and I saw it like a month and a half before it got a limited release. Uh, maybe not that much, but several weeks before a limited release. And so, a lot of critics, I guess, <coughs> could, could have put it on their list. But there are a lot that were making their list before it came out. And so, it just hasn't been talked about
1: really, except for cinematography. Well, yeah, and because this, I think, it was about a month before christmas which was the mm. limited release i guess um that you and i both saw it and i think that was a month for critical consensus to basically be like meh about 1917 <laughs> right so that's why it's suddenly surprised that now that non-critics are seeing it people like it a lot right
0: yeah and it's and it's the kind of thing that when you when you predicted that it just it just felt so wrong to me because no one was talking about it like Irishman, Parasite, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood we were just like dominating all the mm-hmm. all the discussions, and they still kind of are. Although Irishman, I think, didn't get anything at the Golden Globes,
1: mm-hmm. um, and so I did not actually watch the Golden Globes. You, I think, you said did not actually watch all of the Golden Globes, right? I I saw a couple speeches, and
0: then I went out to a. a restaurant with a friend. And of course the restaurant had, I didn't know this It was my first time going there. Uh, Boneyard barbecue incidentally on Ventura. It's actually okay. quite good. Okay. Uh, but they have, they have TVs there both in the, in the, in the bar area and the restaurant area. It's like, Hey, no, you keep that shit in the bar area. Yeah. That's the
1: bar, yeah. Um, it's good to know there's a new, or at least a, some good barbecue on Ventura Boulevard since mm-hmm. Barrel and Ashes closed, which was uh, which I didn't I didn't you, get to go to. You missed your chance. Barrel and Ashes was so good.
0: Yeah, uh, the food at uh, Boneyard is quite good, and so we wound up sitting like on a, a in the covered patio area, which was kind of far, but I still picked up on the globes, uh, like spe- because when somebody announces something, they speak higher, they speak louder than when they're just giving their little intro, and so I heard like joaquin phoenix and of course i was like fuck uh because i don't have him uh my chief competition brett merriman has him and then i heard sam mendes and that really surprised me and then i heard picture and i was like what on earth is going on here like this might be a situation which we haven't had in a while where like it could be that by the time the oscars come around like Nineteen seventeen could have like a relative sweep. It could get like six or seven. Mm. Like if the if the Academy is thinking that way, uh, and because it is like this big, this big spectacle, like you were talking about, that frankly doesn't have much to it uh, yep. thematically. Uh, yeah, the Academy might just just go for it. Like they've got, they already have an award for Parasite they already have an award for Tarantino which is a screenplay um and Irishman who knows which, if that might get some stuff here I, and there maybe not
1: I didn't I think in fact like this comes up every time there's a Tarantino movie when he doesn't get the WGA nomination and then I read about like oh that's because he's not eligible right because he's not a member yeah so strange um but uh you reminded me because I was at I was doing bar trivia and so the tvs at the bar actually a couple of them did have the golden globes on, on mute. And also it Beautiful. was, um, for those not on the West coast, you might not know that with award shows like the golden globes or the Oscars, they show them live starting at like 5. PM. Yeah. And then they just show them again. Yeah. And so we were actually, because trivia starts at eight, we like we were, or they were broadcasting the second time. Mm-hmm. So like I remember uh, my wife who's a big fan of fleabag looked up and was like, they were calling out that category for, for uh, best actress. And she was like uh best TV actress. She was like, Oh, I hope Phoebe Waller bridge wins. And our friend Sean was like, she does <laughs> not preserving the suspense at all. Um, all right. So, uh, Alright, so I'm bummed about uh, 1917, I'm bummed about my cold, but I'm happy about my Tweetaudio.com earbuds. Tweetaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds, a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great, they sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Today I was checking out <clears throat> new music from Tame Impala. Tame Impala have a new uh, full-length album coming out next month. I've always been a big fan of theirs and they had a uh, the first I guess the first single called Lost in Yesterday was, was released. Um, sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds and those are available at a low low price at tweakedaudio.com but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout you get one third off that already low low price and no shipping charges so please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension
0: okay it's time to commit 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks
1: Tyler? Yes. Let's get into it, shall we? Okay. As usual, it's Sunday. It's Sunday's time, and as usual, I need... To pretend to ask your advice on what to see at Sundance. What I like is that uh, I mean,
0: listeners of our most recent uh, uh, Patreon episode, they know that your uh, one of your New Year's resolutions is to like take people's recommendations yes. more into account. Uh, but the idea of pretending to—that's uh, not specific to just the just Sundance. Like just in general, uh, whenever someone historically has said <laughs> you should see that, you okay, and then your mind's like I'm not doing that. Yeah, I've already got.
1: Yeah. I've already got a list I've already got a list of like 3000 movies to yeah. see. I'll, I'll put it at the end of that, I guess. Uh no, but yeah, I am trying to to do that uh and check out the Patreon. That 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 episode is available this week. We'd make our 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 movie related New Year's resolutions yeah. on the Patreon. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, uh the the way that the, sch- the schedule works for um uh when you reserve tickets, when you have a general press pass to Sundance is the, I already have my tickets reserved mm-hmm. now h- here's the thing with Sundance Sundance is always in, in motion there's a it's very easy for me to like have a ticket for something but here like sure. uh oh this other thing and there's a press screening and yeah, you can't uh, be too rigid about it yeah whereas at Toronto you kind of have to be more rigid mm. because they make it clear you get 10 tickets if you don't use those tickets or return them to the press box office a day before the screening, you are at risk of not being uh, accredited as press next year. Whereas yeah. Sundance doesn't seem to have that problem. I think there, the first year, because I didn't really fully understand the Sundance thing and how to reserve tickets. I think I maybe only used like three of my public screening mm-hmm. tickets and then did all press screenings. Cause I did it bad. Now I do more research. I know what I want to see beforehand. So I usually uh, more or less stick to, um, to one, to the tickets I reserved. And then I squeeze in some press screenings, uh, elsewhere. But, um, uh, and there have been times that I've skipped things. I had sc- tickets for that. There's one to this day that I'm, I think I made the right decision. Mm-hmm. I had a ticket for a, an actual like public screening of leave no trace, mm-hmm. which, uh, listeners know ended up being one of my top 10 films of the decade. I didn't go because I've been hearing so many great things about The Tale with okay. uh, with Laura Dern. Oh, that's right, yes. Which uh, Now, ultimately, I like Leave No Trace better than The Tale, so you'd think, uh, oh, you made the wrong decision there. But I did like The Tale a lot, and also mm-hmm. because The Tale ended up getting picked up by HBO and shown as an HBO movie, right. I'm in a very small group of people who got to see The Tale theatrically. So yeah. that's kind of a cool... Uh, uh, thing to be so you never know. Sundance is always and fun, and you never know. That's the other thing is out. is you know
0: there is no guarantee of of distribution. I mean, it's Laura Dern it probably was going to get it, but <laughs> yeah. at the same time, you know you can go see a movie that is that is uh lesser known or at least lower profile, and if you if enough critics like write a review a uh, a good review of it, like that might. Enhan- uh, uh increase the chance of of like solid distribution or something like that. So yeah, I don't I don't think I would ever begrudge uh, anybody seeing a lesser known film right. or lo- or
1: lower profile is what I mean. Um, at a, well, at that's a, also the, the the Sundance sort of bubble. Like at that for that forty eight hours the tale was not the lower profile or film because oh, okay. everyone was talking about the tale. Oh, interesting. Cause it had already had its like premiere and everyone who had seen it was like, okay. Uh, uh going crazy about it. So anyway, uh, here's what I'm going to do is I've, uh, were you
0: just now referencing best
1: in show incidentally? <laughs> no, did I, unless oh, okay. I did by accident. Cause I'm, I think about best in show a lot. Yeah. It's, uh, you obviously don't know my dog. <laughs> um, it is something that my wife. And run, I actually, run! <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it's well, my wife and I quite, quote best in show, it's mostly us quoting Parker Posey and Michael Hitchcock. It's you. Obviously, don't know my dog. That's or, a stressful life you live. I will say to our dog, or or Natalie will say to our dog, like. Uh, if the dog's looking at Natalie, I'll say, "Don't look at her; you look at me." <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, what I'm thinking of is the uh, the Christopher Guest character when he's naming nuts, and he's like, "Macadamia nut." That's the one that made her going crazy. Yeah, that's and right. just now, that's now it's, like you, you yeah, did it without even crazy. trying. Yeah.
1: Okay, so what I've done because of, we're doing with the with the conceit that you actually are helping me. Sure. So for ease, I just put everything that was on my sort of like long list when i went to reserve tickets uh alphabetically and we're just going to go alphabetically through obviously not every movie at sundance because that would take forever but the things that caught my caught my eye okay wow me we're starting with should i see quote unquote uh, a documentary called assassins okay which is um uh The mysterious murder of North Korean royal family member Kim Jong-nam in Malaysia sparks a captivating global investigation. At the center of the story, two women are on trial for the murder. Are the women ruthless assassins or political pawns in a twisted game? Do you know about this murder? No, I know nothing about any of this. So this is so Kim Jong-nam, I forget his name. Okay, so he was murdered at the Malaysian airport. And the way he was murdered is that they recruited two... Uh, completely what's the word I'm looking for. Um, Unaware young women and told them that they were filming like a pilot for a prank show. And they were like, so they were like, put this like goop on your hands and go like rub it on people's faces. Right. And so they did it a bunch of times with like harmless goop and people were like, what's going on? And then they gave them some different goop to put on their hands and said, go do that guy in particular. And then the second you've done it, go to the bathroom and wash your hands thoroughly. And they basically, these women unbeknown, thinking they were doing uh, like a fun thing, poisoned him through the skin by putting, uh, <laughs> so this is a documentary about those two women called assassins. All right. Um, what's the, the, by next, by the next one is Mike. the next one is the assistant, which is, uh, Oh yes. Okay. Yes. This is something you see. I, I feel like happens a lot at, I've gotten I've gotten invites to this. Yeah, it's already it already has a release date, and um, I feel like uh, Sundance is a big home for people who like make their names in documentary, moving into sure. narrative. So this is Kitty Green who made Casting JonBenet, which is a documentary mm-hmm. I really liked. Um, and it stars Jane is a junior assistant to a prominent entertainment executive, a man whose face we never get to see, whose character is clearly inspired by the Me Too testimonies surrounding Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. So it's about you can. Guess the, from there was but well.
0: assassins the Assassin's just so much more interesting. Yeah. I'm, it, the yes, I'm sure is perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, like that story is so crazy and I wish I, I wish I knew it. And, uh, yeah, yeah let's, yeah, there was a, great.
1: there was a GQ article, uh, a few months ago, which is where I, uh, I think got the whole story.
0: And I mean, who knows, like if the, do you know if the documentary has any, uh, distribution at this point?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't okay. know. Yeah. Um, I, most of these probably don't, unless okay. you've already heard of it, like the assistant, they probably okay. don't. Um, some of them will, will maybe get distribution between now and when Sunday okay. starts that happens sometimes. Like there'll be, I think like, um, speaking of HBO, the native son movie, like mm-hmm. they sealed that deal the day of the premiere. Like, yeah. So, um, and
0: then nothing, I mean, I know it was released, but and it's it played on HBO. That's what happens.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but I remember there was a the movie like like I said, the deal was sealed that day and the movie opened or maybe the deal was announced that day and it already been sealed. But the movie that night when I saw it already had the HBO Films logo on it and the people people laughed. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, all right. So my next two. Um, Bad Hair is the follow-up film from Justin Simeon, who made uh, Dear White People. Okay. And this time he's uh, dipping into satirical horror. Um, I'm going to read this whole first paragraph. Los Angeles, 1989. Anna Bledsoe is a scarred survivor of a scalp burn from a mild relaxer perm. She also has the smarts and ambition to to be the next on-air star at Culture, a music video TV show. After years of struggling to be seen for her ideas and hard work, Anna fears the worst when her dreadlocked boss is replaced by Zora, Vanessa Williams, an ex-supermodel with a silver tongue. Zora warns Anna that her nappy look has got to go, so Anna bites the bullet and gets the weave. Turns out her flowing new hair is a key to success, but it arrived with a mind of its own and it bites back. So it's a, it's a movie about a possessed weave. I was iffy until, like, the last eight words. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: yeah. Yeah, that sounds, in many ways, delightful. Kind of, it's like that uh, is a movie we've talked about before, that old Peter Lorre mo- movie, Mad Love. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's the one, right? Not the not one, that's right? Barrymore, Mad Love. Right, yes. Yes, no, Mad Love. Which does have the same story, but just told with a very <laughs> different... Yeah. It's a Chris O'Donnell tour de force.
1: Uh, and that is... Uh, up against not really but uh boys state which is a documentary about uh boys state do you know what boys state is no a lot of states have them i actually went to missouri's boys state when i was a teenager oh, okay it's a camp. not it's a, like a politics camp where basically you go to camp it's all boys which is weird um uh but it's all, all boys you go to camp and you break down into um like politicians lobbyists media and you basically recreate like a political system over the course of a week and like you did this uh yeah yeah i, I did this <laughs> when i was in high school how's this the first time i'm hearing of it uh, i don't know um but this is a documentary that takes place at the texas boys state okay that sounds interesting but it's from the directors of the overnighters which is a movie that i can't remember if you ever uh, saw it, i did and everyone some, said i would yeah, love definitely it. yeah definitely something that's up your alley all right so bad hair or boys state
0: There's always the possibility that like satirical horror could could just be the smuggest thing you've ever seen. Um,
1: but I think I'd probably go with that. All right. All right. Next up come away, which is one of two, uh, uh Peter Pan based movies that's placing, that's playing at Sunday. Okay. There's weird coincidences like that. Um, And now I, I think I forgot to write down, oh, Brenda Chapman is the director. Incidentally, along those lines,
0: uh, so last few days I've, I've had like some writing to do and I don't like, I have a hard time writing at home. So there's a, a diner that I go to that does have like TVs on mute. So it's more acceptable. And, uh, so a couple days ago it was three in the afternoon and, uh, Dante's peak was on uh, it was on like like AMC was showing it so I was like hey Dante's peak so I like was looking at it and aside from like oddly enough my takeaway was like I really miss that uh, character actor Charles Hallahan I liked him a lot who was he he was in uh, the thing. He uh did a lot of TV. He was in Dave. He's the the cop that pulls them over, I believe. Um you'd know he's one of those guys yeah, he's up. he'd been in a million things. He died of a heart attack in, in ninety seven. Um but he uh has a prominent role in, in Dante's Peak uh and the thing. But um
1: Okay. Yeah, I guess I
0: remember. Anyway, but uh, so then I went back to the same diner uh, the next day, around the same time. It was like two thirty, and uh, Dante's Peak was on again uh, <laughs> on AMC. I'm like, wow, they're really getting their money's worth. Uh, <laughs> yeah, out of this licensing. Yeah. Okay. What an odd choice to to choose to to show that more than once a decade.
1: Yeah. But anyway. Okay. So. So the, come premise, away. the premise of come away is that it's Peter Pan and Alice as from Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. as siblings before the event, like before Peter went to uh, Neverland and Alice went to Wonderland. Um, I, I don't know. So it's, it's that's come away. I think David Oyelowo is in it. OK. And then uh, one I'm trying not to let the cat out of the bag. One movie I'm very excited about is called Dick Johnson is Dead. And this is uh, from director uh, Kirsten Johnson, Uh, Kirsten Johnson, Mm -hmm. the um, documentary cinematographer who then made the, Documentary camera person. A few oh, years whoa, ago. yeah, okay. So, this is her, I guess, directorial follow up to, uh, to camera person. Uh, let's see. What if you could make your loved ones live forever? Dick Johnson is dead as Kirsten Johnson's delirious and desperate attempt to keep her aging father alive. In this effort, she turns to the magic of cinema to kill him, resurrect him, and celebrate his last years on Earth. Toggling between observational documentary and fictional fantasy, uh, Johnson peels back layers of movie making, blah, blah, blah. So, come away or Dick Johnson is dead. So, Dick
0: Johnson's Dead sounds like the more interesting film, yeah. But the concept of Come Away is—it's so—it's abstract enough and weird and and strange enough, yeah. to really uh, appeal to me. Um, okay, just this like taking—it's like oh yeah, Neverland, Wonderland, and these two kids who wound, wind up in this whole other fantasy place, and like, what if they? I don't know. It's. I re- I recognize that it's not the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or anything like that, but <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm intrigued at the notion no, it, of it.
1: It's in the it's in Sundance's very small uh, like family or children's. Okay, uh, so, so I don't think it's a, a dark take on right. on Peter and Alice. I think it's supposed right. to be kid friendly, but uh, there have already been enough dark takes on both of those. So which, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I forget which one you're saying. Come away?
0: No, I'd I'd you're say Johnson, I think that's it. probably the. You'll get more out of it, I think.
1: So another thing that happens at Sundance every year is it's the premiere of the, the sort of current event documentaries that we'll see for the next year. So Mm -hmm. like things that happened fairly recently, like last year we had knocked down the house, which was the, the, I think of it as the AOC documentary, but that's not what it is. That was just like a director getting very lucky (laughs) by following around AOC along with some other people. Um, Uh, so the first I'm going to mention here is the dissident, which is the documentary by Jamal Khashoggi, the, um, Washington post, uh, journalist who was murdered by the Saudi government. Oh yes. Okay. I don't Uh, think I knew his name actually, uh, but I heard about that. Um, and then that's up against just alphabetically downhill, which is the force majeure remake by the makers of the way, way back. I
0: saw the trailer for downhill, uh-huh. And you know what it's it really is it's if I, if force majeure didn't exist now obviously downhill wouldn't exist but if somebody had just thought of it on their own cast Will Ferrell and and Julie Louis Dreyfus yeah, yeah. I I'd, I'd probably be kind of excited about it but it does knowing where it where it came from and then watching that trailer it's like it's going to be it's going to be too broad as much as I enjoy Will Ferrell, as a and I think we've said this before, as much as I enjoy him as a as a performer, I think there's he just has funny in his bones to such an extent that I can't right. buy him. Not, his presence just immediately changes <laughs> the genre yeah. of yeah. the of the film. Not that comedy is a genre, but uh, yeah, it just uh, it doesn't excite me. Okay. Uh, and I think it's mostly because of the presence of Will Ferrell. Mm. Um, I feel bad saying that, but I feel like a different actor. Because Julie Louis-Dreyfus has done enough of of both. I mean, she's mostly comedic, but she can do the other stuff as well, whereas not so much uh, Will Ferrell. So I'm...
1: You're going with the dissident. Yeah. Okay. Next up, Dream Horse. Okay. Uh, And this is based on a true story. In a sleepy working class community... Uh, Jan Vokes played by Tony Collette struggles mm. to find meaning in her life while waiting tables at the local pub one night a chance encounter with an arrogant customer Howler Davies played by Damian Lewis a former racehorse syndicate leader inspires her to take on a new challenge despite her parents' skepticism Jan recruits neighbors and barflies alike into a crazy scheme to contribute to a community fund and breed a racehorse uh, there's more to it but it's so yeah. that's Dream Horse Dream Horse who made based, that? Uh, based on a true story uh, Euros Lynn is the director's name Yours, I don't know that is. Lynn. Um, and then here's another somewhat recent, uh, uh, current event documentary. It's called "The Fight." Uh, seven days after President Trump's inauguration, the country's airports and courthouses court were clogged with protesters fighting to protect immigrants facing deportation due to the administration's Muslim ban policy. Um, and so the movies of the documentary about the, the, the travel ban, which is a euphemism for Muslim ban. Right. Uh, I was one of those protesters. I wonder if I'm in it. Hey, uh, <laughs> well, obviously you should go just to find see out. That? So that
0: over dream horse, imagine how ridiculous it would be. Like if you went to see that and then there's you, let's say even prominently featured, like, I feel like what choice would you have, but to say like, all right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I like Tony Collette and Damien Lewis actually quite a bit. Um, so I think I'd probably go with that one. Okay.
1: All right.
0: Next up. I'd say anytime Tony Collette is a lead character, I think that would almost always get my vote just cause she's, I find her a very
1: interesting actress. Um, all right. This next one is speaking of interesting actresses. This is going to be a showdown between actresses that oh, we, man. we really like. So you've got four good days. When Deb Glenn Close hmm. gets a surprise visit from her daughter Molly Mila Kunis, she's less than thrilled. She is, in fact, terrified. At first, it may seem like Deb is being cruel, initially refusing to let Molly into her house. But Molly is a drug addict with a decade long history of failed detox programs who repeatedly swore she wanted to get better, but then lied to and stole from the family. So this is Four Good Days, it's directed by Rodrigo Garcia. Oh, okay. She made the Last Days in the Desert, yeah, and, which uh, I like a lot. Mother and Child. Next up, The Glorias. Journalist, fighter, and feminist Gloria Steinem is an indelible icon known for her word-shaping activism. Yeah, we know who Gloria Steinem is. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, In this non-traditional biopic against the backdrop of a lonely bus on an open highway, I don't know what that means, five Glorias trace Steinem's influential journey to prominence. Um, So I'm not sure who they all are, but um, I know that both Julianne Moore and Alicia Vikander play versions of of Gloria Steinem uh, in this, and this is directed by Julie Taymor. Oh yeah. So the, that one, I, uh, yeah. I'd go with that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert. I already have a ticket for the glory. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other one, what was it for, four good days, Four good days. I mean, I like both of
0: those actors, but the, and I'm sure the premise is quite heart rending, but at the same time, like I feel like I've seen that before. Whereas mm-hmm. this other one, anything Julie positive or negative, like Julie Taymor is, is, is an interesting enough director yeah. at all times that I would go with that.
1: All right. Um, here's what I'm really excited about. Uh, but, uh, Uh, Spoiler alert, I don't think I'll actually be able to get to it, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. It's called Horse Girl. Um, uh, Sarah Alison Brie has a quiet and fairly simply li- fairly simple life contending herself with the craft store job she holds, the nightly supernatural crime TV show she, uh, show she adores and the equestrian center she visits constantly. When a gift impulsively stirs the curiosity of her family history unexpected and strange dreams begin to disturb her as these visions seep into her waking moments Sarah struggles to hold on to her fragile reality This is directed by Jeff Baina whom I know from the little hours, which is a movie that are there. He oh. also made life after Beth and Joshi, both of oh, okay. that I didn't want to see, but I know some people right. like little hours is a movie. It was a positive Sundance experience for me. I hadn't planned. I had like seen a movie and I ran into in friend of the show, Angie Han, and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to go get some writing done. And she was like, there's a press screening of little hours we're going to. And I was like, sure, I'll join you. I ended up really liking the little hours. So, uh, that's horse girl so this there's dream horse right and horse girl and horse girl prominently features dreams yeah that's true all right that's true uh yeah dream horse is the more grounded one apparently (laughs) um the second one is i carry you with me once again this is a documentarian turned uh turned um Narrative filmmaker is directed by Heidi Ewing, who has made a number of things, uh, including the Norman Lear documentary that I saw at mm-hmm. Sundance, but she also made, uh, what's it called? The Detroit, is it called Detropia? The Detroit documentary? I don't remember. It's supposed to be very good. I never saw it, but, um, I carry you with me as a, as as a young aspiring chef in Mexico, Yvonne works. That's Ivan, but, mm-hmm. uh, not the one a woman's name, Ivan, okay. but Yvonne works at a restaurant, hoping to land a spot in the kitchen while supporting the mother of his child. One night, he meets Gerardo, a handsome teacher who is out as a gay man, their chemistry is instant. So it's a gay romance set okay. in, uh, Mexican, uh, I guess, uh, uh, high dollar cuisine gourmet. It's <laughs> a lot of layers there. Um, same. Um, so yeah, uh, horse girl or I carry you with me. They both
0: sound, they both sound pretty good. I am. a am a sucker for and breeze. Yeah. So I would go with
1: that. Yep. All right. I think you're going to know which one I pick here. When, okay. Based on the director of the first one, the first one is called Kajillionaire. It is directed by Miranda July. Oh, okay. One of my faves. Uh, let's see. Con artist Teresa and Robert have spent 26 years training their only daughter, Old Dolio, that's her name, Evan Rachel Wood, <laughs> to swindle, scam, and steal at every opportunity. During a desperate, hastily conceived heist, they charm a kind stranger, Melanie, Gina Rodriguez, into joining their next scheme, completely shaking up Old Dolio's routine. So that's the Miranda July. It's called Kajillionaire. Okay. And it's got Evan Rachel Wood in it, which is also a plus to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and an the M. character's M. name Rage is Rage yeah, Old Dolio. Ol- old Dolio. Are you an Everett R- I could see I could
0: see anyone going
1: either way on her. I've I always liked her. I,
0: I'll be honest. I don't know if I've seen enough okay. things that she's been in to really have uh, an opinion about her. Actually,
1: um, and the second one, this actually does sound very interesting. Uh, the director's name is Robert M- Machoyan. It's called The Killing of Two Lovers. David yeah. is trying to keep it together. That's not about me. That's the character's name is David. David is trying to keep it together. He and his wife Nikki are going through a time of transition and allowing each other space to figure out what it is they want from life and from their relationship, but there is one major issue. David doesn't want space. He just wants things to get better, and he plays along with Nikki because he suspects it's the only thing that may keep them and their four kids together. The Killing of Two Lovers. Sounds probably not fun. Yeah. Um, but, uh, speaks Speaks to me. It's... I'm glad I don't actually have to pick between these two. They just happen to fall right. alphabetically together. But, uh, yeah. Any thoughts on the killing of two lovers? Or- it's,
0: it sounds, uh, emotionally intense. It's the kind of thing that, uh, would, would get to me, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think probably uh kajillionaire, the okay. idea of, cause oh, uh, as no you, as you know, like Miranda July is, is, uh, I didn't love, she did, uh, me and you and everyone we know, right. Uh-huh. Which and I, the future which, and uh, the future. She's really good. um, and I didn't. I didn't love me and you and everyone we know. But uh, but she's an, she's a very different type of filmmaker, which is something that is mm-hmm. enough, I think. Like death of two lovers, killing of two lovers. Pardon me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it sounds fine, but it also sounds familiar.
1: Okay. Um, well, this one. So sometimes I. In, I put this together today, so I didn't realize sometimes which two are up against each other. This one is no choice at all for okay. me, um, but they both do sound interesting. Uh, the last thing he wanted is the new film from director D. Reese, who made Mudbound. Which okay. I also saw it Sundance. Uh Journalist and single mother, Elena McMahon. All right. As if D. Reeves weren't enough. Anne Hathaway. Okay. an actress I love, uh, has rigorously invec- investigated contra-activity in Central America for four years. Frustrated when her coverage is censored, relief comes in an unexpected package. Her acerbic father, Willem Dafoe, oh, falls boy. ill and leaves her a series of unfinished and unsavory arms deals in that very region. Now, upon a an risky and familiar case, of a live ammunition, one alongside a U.S. state official, Ben Affleck, okay, yeah. uh, with whom she has a checkered past. Anyway, that's the thing. Okay. Uh, about a journalist. Uh, What's that called again? It's called The Last Thing He Wanted. Okay. And it stars Anne Hathaway, blonde. Uh, I, I don't have the pictures up here. Okay. Uh, but the picture on the website, blonde Anne Hathaway. How does she look? She's Anne Hathaway. She's yeah. gorgeous. Uh And j- uh, j- uh, a really, j- uh, really, uh, really Anne Hathaway dang. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. And then uh, this one is called Leap of Faith William Friedkin on the Exorcist. And this is the latest film from director Alexandra O'Philippe who made uh oh. 52 and really made memory memory. Yeah. 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 So this is, it's what it sounds like. It's, uh, and he made the uh, people
0: versus George Lucas. I believe. Um, oh, is that him too? I think so. I might be, I might be,
1: uh, I feel like someone else, but I could be wrong. Um, anyway, uh, so this is uh, Philippe and Friedrich embarked on an epic six-day conversation modeled after after the Hitchcock Truffaut interview that forms the film's narrative spine. So it's about The Exorcist. Yeah, that's it's that's him. Like if there's a
0: movie being if there's a documentary being made about movies, he's the one that made it. <laughs> uh, yeah. He also did Doc of the Dead. Um, oh, okay. I didn't see that. It's not bad. Um, I really love Memory. Uh, at the same time, wasn't there just like a recent? Wasn't there just a, a a recent thing about the exorcist like a another movie like in the last couple of years? Oh, I don't remember that. I might be, I don't know. But uh okay, so I The other so did one did he I, do
1: The People vs. George Lucas? He did. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, that's him. Um So and, yeah, the D and Hathaway Willem Dafoe is definitely where I'm leaning.
0: I would lean that way as well. I'm interested I'm always interested in movies about like censorship of journalism even though it frustrates me um but i could also see it being really conventional
1: yeah but mudbound wasn't
0: i don't you know? yeah, which i i actually didn't see um I but think uh, i think i would too that was just one of those things that like i just didn't see at the time and i'll probably come back around to it in a few years
1: um okay so you're saying
0: oh uh, gosh <sighs> I'm not. I'd probably. I'll go with that one. The, the last thing you wanted, because I'm not okay. actually super interested. I mean, I'm on one hand, I'm very interested in what a director has to say about their own work, but I'm also not.
1: Like, yeah. I I want the work to be preserved on its own. Um. All right. Next up, we got two two documentaries. Where are the M's? We're making good time here. Okay. Um. Two documentaries. The first one, Tyler. If you would add before the official you know, full list of movies came out that were playing at Sundance. If you would ask me just like what I picked up from the culture, what movies, David, what movies do you know are premiering at Sundance? Mm -hmm. The only one that would have come directly to mind is Lana Wilson's Miss Americana, which is the Taylor Swift documentary. Oh, yes. (laughs) So Miss Americana. uh, It's about Taylor Swift. What what more do you want to know? Um, Uh, I don't need to know anymore. What's the next one? The next one is Mucho Mucho Amor, uh, which is directed by um, Kareem Tapsh and Christina Costantini. Okay. Extravagant Puerto Rican astrologer, psychic, and gender nonconforming legend Walter Mercado charmed the world for over thirty years with uh this is his I don't know if that's what his uh sure. her pronoun is. With his televised horoscopes, equal parts opera, liberaci Mr. Rogers. Walters was a celebrated daily part of Latin culture until one day in two thousand seven he mysteriously disappeared. That's Mucho Mucho amor That one. Okay. Well, too bad, I'm going to see the Taylor Swift one. Of course you are. <laughs> um, now, here's
0: the, something that I'm noticing just in this, li- at least in this list. Um, are there always this many documentaries on, like, oh. the movies that you're interested in? Um, maybe not always
1: on the movies that I'm interested in. I feel like yeah. it's been the bulk of the, mo-
0: the movies you're listing.
1: I mean, there's always, Sundance is a very doc he- yeah. heavy yeah. festival. Um, yeah, maybe this is just an interesting year for documentaries. I can tell you based on my, um, the tickets I reserved, I think I'll only be seeing probably three. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could change. But, uh, uh, yeah, maybe I just needed to pad out this list. Not really. Uh, these were the ones that I was actually interested in. Yeah. Okay. So next, uh, the next two, uh, full disclosure, I actually, they're not up against each other and I actually have tickets for both of them. Oh, but, um, uh let's see which one you like better. First up is the Nest. Rory, Jude Law, an ambitious entrepreneur and former commodities broker, persuades his American wife, Allison, Carrie Coon, and their children to leave the comforts of suburban America and return to his native England during the 1980s. Sensing opportunity, Rory rejoins his former firm and leases a old, centuries-old country manor with grounds for Allison's horses and plans to build a stable. But the family buckles beneath an unaffordable lifestyle and increasingly increasing isolation as they head toward a seemingly inevitable breakdown. And that's directed by Sean Durkin whose last film was Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. That, that sounds very good. Okay. And We're back to horses. Back to horses, yeah. Horse-heavy uh, Sundance. Um, and then next up is Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Taking the Martha Marcy Marlene yeah. crown, uh, uh, never rarely, sometimes always. Autumn, a stoic, quiet teenager, is a cashier in a rural Pennsylvania supermarket. Faced with an unattended pregnancy and without viable alternatives for termination in her home state, she and her cousin Skylar scrape up some cash, pack a suitcase, and board a bus to New York City. With only a clinic address in hand and nowhere to stay, the two girls bravely venture into the un familiar city. So this sounds very similar to four months, three weeks, two days, mm-hmm. except it's, uh, uh, American. And that's directed by Eliza Hittman who made beach rats a year or two ago. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. So like I said, I have tickets to both, but, okay. uh, the nest or never really sometimes all? the nest sounds
0: right up my alley. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I love Martha, Marcy, May Marlene.
1: Uh, me too. I really do. All right. Um, weirdly, we've now got two more that I already have tickets to.
0: Okay.
1: And two more that, um, no, never mind. Um, one of these is uh, they're both sort of out, out there, like genre type movies. One is because the Sundance has different categories. They've got like, you know, U.S. dramatic, U.S. documentary, world dramatic, world documentary, then they've got like premieres, mm-hmm. um, or, or dramatic premieres and documentary premieres, and then they've got Spotlight, which is usually things that are premiered at other festivals already. And then they, but then they've got like Next, which is usually like uh, weirder stuff by directors who are less proven or okay. whatever. And they've got Midnight, which is like a sign of the horror movie. Sure. So the first one is a Midnight movie. The second one is a Next movie. So um, and again, I have tickets to both. So this one is called The Night House. Reading from the unexpected death of her husband, because every horror movie uh, starts with someone grieving. Yeah. Uh, Reading from the unexpected death of her husband, Beth, Rebecca Hall, is left alone in the lakeside home he built for her. She tries as best she can to keep together, but then the dreams come. More dreams. We'll see if there's any horses. I know. Disturbing visions of a presence in the house could be a horse. (laughs) Call to her, beckoning with a ghostly allure. If there's a horse in
0: the house, (laughs) I feel like... They'd you know it's it? a horse okay. you're not gonna say there's something in here you probably know for pretty quick <laughs>
1: by the harsh but the harsh light of day washes the way any proof of the haunting against the advice of her friend she begins digging into his belongings yearning for answers which she finds are secrets both strange and terrible and a mystery she's determined to resolve so that's the Nighthouse house by you david made? bruckner uh he made the ritual oh which i didn't see the netflix movie um and then this one I'm gonna have to read. Okay, I'm gonna have to do a lot of reading to explain what this one is. The full name of the movie is Omniboat, A Fast Boat Fantasia." That's the full name. (laughs) Big time real estate developer Jim Cummings is seeking investments in his new Miami condo skyscraper designed to fulfill people's hopes and desires. He explains that Miami was once total swamp land at the edge of the country before it was willed into a metropolis of endless summer. The perfect setting for a wild adventure. For over a decade, Borscht Corporation has produced and commissioned hundreds of short films and has screened a dozen of them at the Sundance Film Festival. For their feature film debut, they assembled 15 filmmakers to create a symphony inspired by and made in Miami what emerges is a crazy boat ride that navigates everything from talking dolphins to unconventional love at the core of the film was a boat bought specifically to make this film a a vessel of ingenuity that carries the hilariously surreal uncanny stories defying expectations and rules of filmmaking Omniboat a fast boat fantasia uniquely engages with the constant destruction and reconstruction of Miami and proposes to celebrate the people brave enough to create under circumstances that were never meant to yield success it's that one. Okay, over the, over the night house. Yeah, the
0: night house sounds very, very good, but... I, I like Rebecca Hall. I do, too. My limited exposure to her, because I never saw Christine, right? She Was, uh, was she right, and Christine? Um, yeah, I never saw that either. But Wait, uh, is that her? Or is it a different Rebecca?
1: No, I think that's, that's right. Um. Rebecca Hall. Yeah, it's Rebecca Hall. Okay. Um...
0: But yeah, like I saw her in The Town and The Prestige. Uh, I think she was in... um, Oh, wow. Yeah, she's been on a bunch of stuff. She was in The Gift. I really liked her in The Gift. Uh, That's not a movie I like that much, but I think she's great in it. Um, But yeah, so uh, that movie sounds very good, um, but... Obviously, Omniboat, which is just a fast boat fantasia, is just more fun to say, yeah. Um, so I'll go with that and, one.
1: And cl- I didn't mention included in the 15 filmmakers are Daniels, the uh filmmaking oh. duo who made uh, Swiss Army Swiss Army Man? Man.
0: yeah, okay, yeah.
1: All right, so next two could not be more different, okay. <laughs> um, all right, Possessor is a new film by writer director, Brandon Cronenberg. Oh, okay. Uh, Tasia Vos is a corporate agent who uses brain implant technology to inhabit other people's bodies, driving them to commit assassinations for the benefit of the company. While she has a special gift for the work, her experiences on these jobs have caused a, dram- a dramatic change in her, and in her own life she struggles to suppress violent memories and urges. As her mental strain intensifies, she begins to lose control, and soon she finds herself trapped in the mind of a man whose identity threatens to obliterate her own. And this stars the great Andrea Riseborough. Oh, yeah. An actress I like quite a bit. Yeah. So that's Possessor. That sounds really good. Yeah. And then other side of the coin, uh, um, a documentary Rebuilding Paradise, which is a documentary about the uh, the fire uh, of, from 2018 that destroyed Paradise, California, oh, and rebuilding okay. of it. And it's directed by Ron Howard. Oh. Uh, that I mean, I'm
0: sure that'll be... Interesting and sad emotion, and maybe yeah. uh, inspirational. Ron yeah. Howard is a very reliable filmmaker. Yeah. But I think I'd probably go with Possessor.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. In addition to Andrea Riseborough, Christopher Abbott and Jennifer Jason Leigh are in Possessor. Oh, all right. Man, this is really just, sorry, Rebuilding Paradise. <laughs> this is really taking the cake.
0: But, Glad right. things have turned around for you, but, uh, you know, Possessor. <laughs>
1: uh, so I think this is an okay, I think this one's another horror, another midnight one. Okay. It's called Run, Sweetheart, Run. And I'm sorry for gulping into the mic just now. I try not to do that. Uh, I'm not usually, not always, very successful. All right, run, sweetheart, run. Uh, timid and hardworking single mother Sherry brushes away hesitations and decides to dip her toe back into the dating scene after being spurred on by her coworkers. She's throwing her boss. I wonder if she's a single mother because she's a widow. Because all these horror movies sure. are about. Uh, <laughs> Grieving, she's when her boss sets her on a blind date with Ethan, who initially proves every bit as charming and magnetic as his photo. Ethan can't hide his true nature for very long. Oh, when it's more When things quickly than he turn seems. sinister, Sherry must find a way to escape. Forced to navigate the streets of L.A. after hours on foot, Sherry learns Ethan is far more connected and violent than she ever imagined. So who directed that Shauna Fest, who made the greatest, which I didn't see, but uh, the greatest. What is that? I know. I know that movie. I'm just reading from the copy. Oh, okay. Um, You're not thinking of World's Greatest
0: Dad. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. That's a different movie. No. Um, I'm thinking of World's Fastest Indian. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, I saw that
1: one? Uh, neither did I. Why would I? The Greatest, 2009, uh, stars Carey Mulligan and Aaron Taylor Johnson and Pierce Brosnan and Susan Sarandon. Yeah. I don't know. And
0: I don't is. remember what it's about, but like, I remember... I, I, I didn't see it, but I remember hearing good things about it. I think I was struck by its uh, cast. Um,
1: All right. So that's uh, Run, Sweetheart, Run. Okay. And this is up against Sergio, which is, I think, another. Oh, did I not write down, the, or did I not copy the director's name? Oh, no. Um Yes. Another documentary, documentary, and turn narrative filmmaker. This is uh, Greg Barker, who is transforming his documentary of the same name, which played Sundance uh, over a decade ago. What's it called again? Sergio. Sergio. Okay. Brazilian uni- Sorry, Brazilian United Nations diplomat Sergio Vieira de Mello uh, has an extensive resume. He's... Blah, 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 blah. In 2003, in his latest role as High Commissioner for Human Rights, he's been traveling to Iraq to lead peace efforts under President George W. Bush. As he tries to val- balance heightening tensions on the ground with his desire to spend more time with his partner, the uh, unexpected and tragic happens, forging Sergio, forcing Sergio to reflect on his 34 years of service to the UN. Anyway, so that's Sergio. Uh, I think
0: I'm probably going to go with that one. Oh, uh, really? Over yeah. the horror. Uh, yeah, because ho- it just sounds like such a... And and I I don't, I don't, I don't say it's a Streets of LA movie. That, that is what interests me the most. Like LA at nighttime. I'm, I'm all in favor of that, but I realize this is going to sound too dismissive. The story just sounds like a lifetime movie. Um, Even like somehow, even the fact that the guy's name is Ethan feels (laughs) cliche. Okay. But I, but I can imagine it also being like shot really beautifully.
1: Okay. Uh, next up is Shirley. See. Okay. I've often wondered. I think the I think we encountered this last year. Excuse me. The little the paragraphs of description mm-hmm. I think must be submitted by the filmmakers or people submitting the film because they don't follow a uniform structure. Sure. So this one does not. It has. Character names, and at the bottom it has Cass, but I don't know who's playing him. Okay. Okay, so this is called Shirley. Uh, Fred and Rose move to a small Vermont Vermont college town in pursuit of a job for Fred as an assistant professor of literature. The young couple receives an offer for free room and board from Professor Stanley Hyman as long as Rose agrees to spend time cleaning up the home and looking after his wife, acclaimed horror author Shirley Jackson. Which is a real person. Okay. This is not a documentary. Uh, at first, Fred and Rose test the rocky household of the Eccentric couple, but they eventually establish deep bonds with their counterparts, which will test the limits of their young love. And the cast here includes Elizabeth Moss, Michael Stuhlbarg, and Logan Lerman. And it's directed by Josephine Decker, who made Madeline's Madeline, Madeline oh, okay. a couple of years ago, which yeah. was at Sundance. It was my favorite movie of Sundance uh, a couple of years ago. So that's Shirley. I like that Michael Stuhlbarg. I like Elizabeth Moss and I like Michael Stuhlbarg. Yeah. Um, I feel like I like Logan Lerman, but I don't know why I'm, not, I'm just I, thinking about how I like Logan Lucky. That must be it. <laughs> that must be it.
0: Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't dislike Logan Lerman. Like what I've seen of him, uh, i I thought he was pretty good. I didn't see, uh, oh hell no, I don't remember the name. It's like a, a one word title that he was, uh, that he was in, but he was also in Fury, which is a movie I didn't necessarily right. like, but I right. thought he was pretty
1: good in. But, uh, anyway. Okay. So what's. Next up is, I think, another documentary directed by Jeff Orlowski. It's called The Social Dilemma. Technology Whiskers? No, Technology Wizards. I'm so much more interested (laughs) in Technology Whiskers. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's where it's like Johnny Mnemonic, except he stores all (laughs) his uh, information in his mustache. Um, Oh, boy. Extra points to you for bringing in Johnny (laughs) Mnemonic. Technology wizards have masterminded a new masterminded a new form of capitalism and humanity is now the raw resource feeding the machine. Powerful hidden artificial intelligence tasked with hijacking our attention is tearing apart social norms, jeopardizing truth and democracy and putting civilization on a programmed path towards self-destruction. Uh, okay, I see. So it's a, it's a documentary-narrative hybrid. Set in the dark underbelly of Silicon Valley, The Social Dilemma fuses investigative documentary with enlightening narrative drama. Expert testimony, blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's what it is. That sounds interesting. Um, okay, so that's called The Social Dilemma. The other one's called Shirley. Uh,
0: I think Social Dilemma, actually. Oh. I'm, I'm always no. interested in, it. I don't know how mm-hmm. well it works, but like the mixture of drama and documentary. Surely you can't be serious. Um, I am serious and don't call me the social dilemma.
1: <laughs> Next up is a movie I really, really want to see, but is actually not premiering until after I leave. Sundance oh, okay. this year, so, but it, I'm putting a, on the list cause I want to talk about it cause I'm really looking forward to it. It's called Tesla. Have you heard of this? No. Have You heard about this? <laughs> Did you see this in the paper? Uh, um, this is a uh, brilliant, brooding inventor, Nikola Tesla, mm. Ethan Hawke, fights okay. an uphill battle to bring his revolutionary electric system to fruition. Increasingly displeased by the greed of fellow inventor Thomas Edison, Kyle MacLachlan, Tesla forges his own virtuous but arduous path toward creating the innovative alternate current motor. Uh, blah, 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 But uh, so it stars Ethan Hawke and and Kyle MacLachlan. And here's where you're going to be sold on it. It is directed by Michael Almereta. Who's that again? Uh, he made uh, Experimenter. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm um, st- you
0: know what's, it, what's crazy is that despite my love of uh, First Reformed, um, like...
1: Still not sold on Still
0: the, not uh, 100% sold on Ethan Hawke in a role like that. Uh, I'm also not, uh, to be honest with you, super sold on uh, Kyle MacLachlan. Oh, I like um, her. Like I think I of... Like his- in both cases, I know it sounds weird because Kyle McLaughlin at this point is a character actor. Um, but yeah. in my mind, I'm just like, like, oh boy, you could get some real good, solid character actors in there. Get like a, get like a Bill Camp as Edison. Now
1: we're talking. Um, well, if you see High Flying Bird, okay, where Kyle McLaughlin is similarly sort of the like represents like the sort of more powerful, more entrenched opposition mm-hmm. antagonist. Maybe you'll. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, I'm willing. I'm t- uh, yeah. Experimenter goes a long way with me, even though obviously I have, uh, I forgot the name of the director. Um, and I Colton feel like he later. did
1: something somewhat recently uh, well, as well. Marjorie prime, which Oh my yes, top that's, 10 right. That year. that's right. That's uh, right. But I don't think you saw Marjorie. Prime. I didn't. Okay. Next up. That's a, so that's up against for the purposes of this podcast, a documentary called the thousand cuts, uh, which is a documentary about, Rodrigo Duterte, the, um, uh, strong arm, violent president of the Philippines. Okay. Anyway, uh, that's directed by Ramona S. Diaz. Um, I feel like I've seen something else by her, but, uh, I'd I'd
0: probably go with, uh, Tesla Tesla just because, uh, Nikola Tesla is just an interesting subject to me and uh being a being a student of film uh film history as I am uh any opportunity to make uh, Edison look like a bad guy is a
1: a big win for me yeah (laughs) yeah all right so um next up is two that I'm not actually uh going to see one because it already has distribution which means it's going to premiere on Disney plus Oh, okay. And the second one, because I'm not, which I, the second one is something I actually really want to see, but I don't think schedule wise, it's going to work for me. So the first one is called Timmy failure. Mistakes were made. Timmy failure is, this is also, if you can't guess in the children's okay, or kids yeah. section, Timmy failure is the president, founder and CEO of total failure incorporated detective agency, uh, with his partner total a 1500 pound polar bear. Timmy strives to keep the streets of Portland safe by solving seemingly unsolvable mysteries like finding missing backpacks and thwarting the plans of a nefarious criminal gang. Um, so yes, it is actually live action, I think, or it might be a hybrid. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, uh, wait till you get to who the director is Sunday award-winning Sundance Film Festival alumnus Tom McCarthy. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Directed this, which is the only reason I put it on the list. Sure. But it's already, it already has a Disney plus premiere date. Kid detectives. I enjoy that. Yeah. And uh, Tom McCarthy, like and 1500 pound polar bear. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and that's up against the documentary called the truffle hunters deep in the forests of North, Northern Italy resides. The prized white Alba truffle desired by the wealthiest patrons in the world. It remains a pungent, but rarefied mystery. It cannot be cultivated or found even by the most resourceful of modern excavators. The only souls on earth who know how to dig it up are a tiny circle of canines and their silver haired human companions, Italian elders with walking sticks and devilish senses of humor who only scour for the truffle at night. So as not to leave any clues for others. That sounds great. It sounds great, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. I'm so bummed that I'm not actually going to be able to make make that. But that sounds super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have to make sure that I don't have an odd number. Indeed, yes.
0: Um, there, are, there are still a lot more left than I thought.
1: Okay. Not that many. Okay. Okay. So the last one is going to be, when we get to the last one, it'll be a, 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 a three firm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but that's not it yet. Uh, this one, um, as of today still doesn't have a title. It's called untitled Kirby Dick, Amy Ziering film. Kirby Dick and Amy Ziering made the hunting ground and the invisible war. Yeah. Uh, and this is, um, and Kirby Dick also made, uh, this film is not yet rated. Yes. Yes. And he right. made sick. The, uh, the, uh, Santa masochism documentary, but that was oh, yes. 25 years ago at this mm-hmm. point. um, but no, the Kirby Dick and Amy Ziering together have clearly, they have, uh, they're on a mission to uncover sexual harassment within mm-hmm. institutions. Even as war is about military, the underground is about, uh, the U S college system. And this one is about the music industry. Um, so it, uh, yeah, that's, it's okay. the same, same thing as the other ones, but it's about yeah. the music industry. Um, and that's up against another the documentary, uh, directed by Kim A. Snyder, who directed Newtown, which is the documentary about Newtown, mm-hmm. has now made, you know, the Newtown shooting, yeah. has now made a movie called Us Kids, which is a documentary about the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Alright, so just uh, two real fun ones. Real
1: upbeat. Yeah. Uh, you gotta you got pick. Is it, is it uh, gonna be right. uh, Me Too in the music <laughs> industry or the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting? <sighs>
0: Let's go with the Me Too one. Okay. <laughs> What's that know. called again? It's
1: so far it's called Untitled Debbie oh, Decay's That's, Kirby right, that's right. Film. Yeah, yeah. And I've been checking every day to see if it has a title because sometimes I have. I remember um, Leave No Trace was actually it was called I, I can't remember the order. It was called like Untitled Deborah Granick Film, and then it was called something else very briefly. Hmm. And uh, because I think Leave No Trace maybe is based on a book that has a different name. Oh, okay. Maybe it was, but it was that. I can't remember now. But now I have to look that up. Well,
0: it's not untraceable. That was a Diane Lane uh, techno thriller, if I recall correctly. I didn't see that. Um, did not see that.
1: So. Oh, yes. The novel is called My Abandonment. Okay. So it briefly was called My Abandonment okay. on the Sundance schedule. Uh, all right. So next to I think this one's also a documentary uh, called Vivos, V-I-V-O-S. Mm-hmm. on a late September day in 2014 students from the Ayotzinapa Rural Teacher College were brutally attacked by police forces and other massed assailants as they were traveling through the town of Iguala Guerrero uh, so this is a documentary about a Mexican, an atrocity in Mexico. Six people were killed. 43 students were never heard from again. So oh, boy. Eventually, 49 people were killed. Wow. Um, since then, the families of the students have lived in limbo, limbo with unanswered questions, and the psychological and emotional toll, toll of the endemic violence currently plaguing Mexican society. And this is directed by artist-turned-filmmaker Ai Weiwei. He made... Um, oh, yeah. Oh, what was that? Uh, the, the movie about like... Uh, um, Refugees from like two years ago. It was yeah. very long. It was good. It was called like the hu- Human Flow. Mm-hmm. He made Human Flow. Now he's back with Bevos, uh, and that's up against another happy documentary uh, <laughs> directed by David France. Who made How to Survive the Plague. Welcome to Chechnya. Oh boy! <laughs> Searing urgency is a guiding force as Welcome to Chechnya shadows a group of activists who run activists who run unimaginable who risk unimaginable peril to confront the ongoing anti LGBTQ plus pogrom raging in the repre- in the oppressive enclosed Russian Republic. So you got Vivos or welcome, welcome to church. Let's go with Vivos. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning. Uh, yeah, as, as well. All right, man, I am running out of steam with this. Uh, we got one more left. Oh, which okay. I mean, it's a three way. OK, and then we're done. Um and I'm actually, oh this will be a fun game, okay I'm actually planning to see two of these already, so you'll have to pick one okay. and then predict which two i'm planning okay already planning on seeing so uh wendy if if you haven't deducted oh. yet, this is our second okay. uh peter Pan related movie um Wendy and her brothers come from a warm working family raised amongst dinner plates and diner patrons the children have an itch for the adventurous and slightly mischievous after long nights watching trains rattle by the better, better window the kids are whisked away by a mysterious boy named Peter okay you know the story but it's like <laughs> a modern day uh uh updating um uh and this is notable for being the i guess long awaited uh follow up film by Ben Zeitlin right made Yes. Beast of the southern wild that's right I think this one already has distribution, actually. I think it does, too. I know there's already a trailer out there. Um, All right, next up. So that's uh, Wendy. Next Mm -hmm. up is Worth. This is directed by Sarah Colangelo, who made The Kindergarten Teacher uh, with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal a couple years ago. Uh, following the 2001 attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon, Congress appoints attorney Kenneth Feinberg, Michael Keaton, to lead the September 11th Victim Compensation Fund. Um, uh, he locks horns with Charles Wolfe, Stanley Tucci, a community, organizi- or a community organizer whose wife died in the towers. So it's based on a true story. Michael Keaton plays Kenneth Feinberg in Stanley Tucci's in it. And uh, Amy Ryan also uh, oh, right. is in the movie. And the third one, this is up against is directed by Janiska, Janiska, Janiksa Bravo, who made lemon. That was the movie that starred uh, Brad Gelman a couple years ago, three years ago, I guess. Uh, this is called Zola and this is, I don't know if you remember if, cause you're not on Twitter as much as I am, but you remember a few years ago, I guess almost five years ago now, according to this, I didn't know it's been that long. There was a tweet thread story that went viral about two strippers Zola meets Stephanie at a restaurant where Zola Waitress is, and the two immediately click over pole dancing. Okay. Only a day after they exchange numbers, Stephanie invites Zola on a cross-country road trip with the goal is to make as much money as possible dancing in Florida strip clubs. Zola agrees, and suddenly she is trapped in the craziest, most unexpected trip of her life. So this is based on a true story, specifically based on a Twitter thread. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's directed by Janice Bravo. Um, I... Uh, I want to look up to see if anyone it might be like newcomer actors uh or maybe it's not, oh no, it's not- oh Riley Kyo isn't it oh all right, oh, I love her um Coleman Domingo, who's in uh, if Bill Street could talk mm. uh isn't it um none of other names I recognize, so your choices you have to choose one wendy yeah. worth zola, all all one, one name titles. um of those
0: like i'm picking which one i would want to see or yeah, pick, okay that's, uh, that's the... probably worth worth okay or or maybe they're all they all sound pretty good um and i did like beasts of the southern wild um but every once in a while there's a movie that comes out that feels like the kind of movie i would have liked i would have really loved watching in the 90s um dark waters is a film that uh, feels like because i I was a big fan of civil action and stuff um the rainmaker and uh worth kind of sounds like that so i think i would probably uh probably go with that and it's got a
1: good cast okay so which one of those three do you think i'm skipping which one of those three yeah um
0: you're not skipping zola that's for sure. Definitely not skipping so um long.
1: So am I skipping Wendy or Worth?
0: I think you're skipping Wendy. That's right. You're right. Okay. Yeah.
1: Wasn't a big fan of pieces of the Southern Wild. Right. I, I recall that. Not really, not really interested. So that's, uh, that's our Sundance preview. All right. Lots of documentaries. Like, uh, that. I mean,
0: I know not, and yet I probably won't not the see festival most. itself. I just mean like on your list, I feel like it's rare to see this much interest in documentaries.
1: Yeah. But I think it's a good, um, overview of what Sundance does to, mm-hmm. to talk about these documentaries. Yeah. Um, and I probably will end up seeing, I think I currently have three documentaries on my Loose schedule, no. although now I only remember two of them. Now, when are you? Uh, I guess this is just as
0: much for my own administrative uh, purposes as anything else. When are you going to be in Sundance?
1: Well, this is not just for administrative purposes, but you have also uh, said you'd drive me to the airport. <laughs> yes. When will that be? <laughs> That'll be th- Thursday morning, January 23rd. I'll be there 23rd through 27th. All right. Yes. <laughs> Super early, right? Actually JetBlue changed my flight, which might suck for you cuz it'll be more rush hour so it'll be a little bit later. I don't think I I think I probably have to I probably have to be there at like 7:30. Okay. That's 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 and doable. Do you remember what airport it is? Yes, I do. Okay. So I have to be there at 7:30 in the morning on a Thursday and you said you'd drive me. Yeah. Otherwise this is so, like, off my conversation. I can take a lift, but Battleship Retention is paying for it. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I know. It's, so it's, uh, uh, it's your call. A thing was suddenly scheduled uh, today for 9 a.m. Um, oh, and so maybe I should just take a lift then. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. It's it's important. It's adoption related.
1: Um, oh. But anyway. What a fun peek behind the curtain for the listeners who made it this far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You can find us at battleship com. In fact, stay tuned to battleship for all my Sundance reviews. Um, let's see if I can, uh, get us see if reviews of any of these movies will get more traction than my extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile review, Indeed. which, uh, did gangbusters for us last year. Sure. And then the movie kind of came and went, just disappeared. It's a, it's a Netflix
0: movie and Netflix wasn't pushing any awards Right stuff, and so of course it's going to like even their highest profile movies. They push their TV shows so much more, which is understandable because it's one click after another. Uh, But like with movies, even the highest profile ones, yeah, I feel like they might hype them up to a point, and then but once they're out, it's like yeah, who gives a shit? Okay, only like if they can get some awards mileage out of it, like The Irishman or Two Popes or Marriage Story. Story.
1: Um, But yeah, it really (laughs) what. Uh, two posts reminded me. So I was slipping through, I have my notebook. I take notes during screenings mm. and I put the title of the movie at the top of the note page, like a normal person. Yeah. But sometimes I will write something other than the title of the movie just, and I'll, I'll I was slipping back trying to find my notes from something I had watched a while ago and I saw, first off, Rise of Skywalker, I just wrote fucking Star Wars at the top <laughs> of the page. And then uh, for Two Popes, I wrote Los Dos Papas. <laughs> I didn't remember doing that, and it made me laugh. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, BattleshipPretension.com. Uh, you can email us at David at Battleshipretention.com Or Tyler at com. You can follow Ty- uh, followed me on Twitter at Davey Pretension and uh you can follow tyler on oh yeah this week uh we've got reviews of uh les miserables which is the uh we were alerted by a listener because we had talked this is also the patreon talk we had talked about portrait of a lady on fire mm-hmm. as a foreign language film contender it's not for the Oscar right. because it is not the french the french uh, submission is les miserables which is yeah. the wrong choice you wanted to like sometimes I'm sure that's, that's political, but do you think sometimes they just like, whoever the board is just like made the wrong call. And do you think they're like, there are people in France, like watching portrait related on fire, rack up all these awards and being like, we, we biffed it.
0: Yeah. I think it's, it's probably that. And, uh, I remember the, the big one, uh, was it, you yeah And, but they, but, uh, what was that? Mexico?
1: Yes. But that uh, one, I feel like there was more like politics behind it. Sure. Like, I don't know. Um, although the, the yeah the, I was going to say like it being a Catholic country, the fact that there was like homosexual uh, sort of sure. stuff in East Otimbián, but then the one that they did nominate was exactly, about yeah. it was about a, a, a priest having an affair with a parishioner. Yeah, um, not exactly the most. Yeah, ca- pro Catholic. So, yeah, maybe that uh, wasn't. Yeah. It. Uh, anyway, um, what was it? What, what, what the hell? Oh yeah, Les Miserables, and also. Um, my review of Like a Boss. Oh, okay. Which uh my wife and I, as big Ace Ventura fans have in- have insisted on referring to as Like a Boss. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a big dork. <laughs> yeah. I we watched Ace Ventura again recently though. Mm-hmm. That whole like third act in our like trans awareness society is yeah. just galling. It's like like even even the character being
0: the villain, like a murderous villain, is uh-huh. still just like, eh. This feels especially like it's Sean Young, right? Yeah. So like the moment where I, I don't even like talking about it, but like the moment where uh, he like he exposes Rips her, her clothes, like yeah. the f- the face that she's making is one of like just total dejection not like a it's not like a Scooby-Doo villains like ah you got me yeah. it looks like someone who's genuinely been violated yeah it's, like it's it's such a weird and then, like, moment it's,
1: it's an ongoing joke that every man she's kissed like vomits or whatever yeah, when yeah. she rea- when they realize that she is a I guess a trans woman which is not how they talk about it in the movie yeah, yeah that's what she is at that movie as much as I argue that some so much of the comedy in Ace Ventura holds up I right. do think a lot of it is funny um, I can't defend uh, where it goes. Um, anyway, how did we get so far off track? Those are the reviews that are up. You're on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Do you have yeah. anything to plug this week? So, yeah, over at More Than
0: One Lesson, uh, there's been a lot of stuff uh, being written lately. Uh, top, uh, Reed just posted his top ten of the decade. His, I'll spoil it, uh, but he wrote extensively about it. His number one is uh, Calvary. Um, wow. So, uh, and then I believe that by the time this episode,
1: what? I mean, I, I love that movie, but I didn't know anyone else loved it. Uh, oh yeah. That much. It's yeah. He adores it. Uh, it's an incredibly difficult movie to watch. And yet I have, you know, I've established a tradition of mm-hmm. watching it on St. Patrick's day. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but, uh, what was I? Uh,
0: Oh yeah. And then by the time you're hearing this, you should, uh, the, there should be a more than one lesson episode about, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, So check that out at morethanonelesson.com.
1: All right. Well, thank you for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.